what you would have noticed today is that some of the chairs were put back straight and not at an angle, right? Um, you probably noticed that. We had a huge amount of fun here on Friday night with the children from the Learning Center. They played games. They had an amazing day. Where's Mary-Kate? I know I saw you here. Mary-Kate has been here the whole of Friday and Friday night and last night, so thank you so much. So it's a little bit straight today. If you're wanting to scoot your chairs because you can't see, just do that. But that's really what happened. Um, I've had lots of phone calls from people that have had COVID. And so I know a couple of people are not with us today because they've got COVID. So I'd like us to pray for them today, if you don't mind. And a couple of people have said, you know, what do we do about masks? If you're comfortable to wear a mask in the service, we invite you to. Um, but you don't have to. But we do have available if you would prefer. But friends, before we begin, can we pray for those that have got COVID right now? Let's pray. God, as we gather in worship today, we are mindful of people that are ill, that are not able to be with us today. And so we pray, God, that right now, wherever they might be watching the service at home, not feeling well, we pray, God, that you would comfort them, minister to them. As they join us, some of them online, Lord God, may your Holy Spirit just hold them that they feel part of our community. And so we pray your healing especially on those that are ill this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, let's stand together as we prepare for our time of worship. Come along with me as a sojourner in faith. Bring along a sense of expectancy, a vision of high hopes, and a glimpse of future possibility. A vivid imagination for God's creation is not done. We are called to pioneer a new future with God. As we venture forward, we leave behind our desires for a no-risk life, worldly accumulations, certainty. Let us travel light in the spirit of faith and expectation towards the God of our hopes and dreams. Come along together as sojourners in faith, knowing that God goes with us and God is here now. Let's continue in worship. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Can I ask that one more time? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Are you expecting something to happen today? Are you expecting to receive what God has for you today? We are. Amen. Would you put your hands together for victory this morning? Here's a little song. It's a medley of songs. But God is greater than anything in this world.
other God than the great God. And that's the God that wake you and I up this morning. Clothed us in our right mind. Brought us together in one place so that we can give him the highest praise that he deserves. Hallelujah. And he's worthy of all the praise. Don't stop me up this morning, but he's worthy of all the praise. Hallelujah. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord with me. Put your hands together and sing. Bless the Lord with me. Yeah, yeah.
Thank you. Thank you, Michael and the worship team. That was beautiful, beautiful medley. Let's just go to the Lord right now in prayer and bow our heads and silence our hearts, our minds, our busyness, and put the world aside and go to God in prayer. Father God, giver of all life, touch us today with your firm yet gentle Holy Spirit, that we may respond in the giving of our whole selves, mind, body, and souls, united as one in the Spirit, one with you, our living Lord. Let us rest in how rewarding our great faith can be that no matter the troubles we suffer, no matter our depth of grief when we have great loss of any kind, that your still and gentle voice would be the voice that guides us through the dark shadowed bellies of life. Today, let us worship you in a content manner, yet also give us a convicted heart as we seek to serve you better that our sights on heaven be never ever dimmed, only illuminated as we care deeper and deeper still. Father, the words of the prophets and saints who came before us ring vivid and true. Help us to understand with a godly wisdom the providence and care that you offer in grace, that we would come to know you from the very depths of our souls and world. Forgive us, Father, our shortcomings and build us anew each day that we would become a fortress to those who are weak. Place in our hatched that we may live in harmony as Jesus taught us to do. Help us, O oh gracious God, to believe that you receive us just as we are and sanctify us to entrust ourselves with all our many, many struggles and hopes and desires to your faithful and abiding care as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we receive the offering now. And while we do that, I just remind you um, to, to read the bulletin. I must say that it takes hours for Anne and for Kim to put together this bulletin, just helping us navigate the life of our church. And I remind you um, to pray for the people that, that are, are listed, that we pray for. And can I say to Michael, where have you gone? It's really good to have you back, Michael. Don't keep disappearing. Um, I, I have heard a couple of whispers around me of some people that have also been sick. So if you've been away and you've been sick and we haven't known, I'm really sorry. But we are praying for everyone that is ill. And you cannot forget, um, 
So someone said to me yesterday, now you can say you've done your first trunk or treat. Now I can say I've done my first trunk or treat. But I know that this coming weekend is going to be an incredibly special weekend with a craft fair and the nearly new sale as well as the activities for the children. Um, so won't you please come along for the fall festival? It is going to be a very, very special day and I will tell you all about it next Sunday. Thank you. I must say that I have seen, just while they're receiving the offering, incredible um, work that people have done in terms of clearing those um, enormous pumpkin trucks. Who's cleared a pumpkin truck before in the life of this church? It's just quite phenomenal um, watching people's commitment. So thank you so much to everyone that has been so incredibly generous with your time and your talents during this last week. Thank you so much. Let us receive the offering. Thanks, Kate. And let us pray. Well, God, we thank you for the gifts that have been given, for the sacrifices that have been made, for what we received today, and for what we have received during the week. We pray, Lord God, that our time, our talents, and our treasure will be used for the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much. Friends, we turn now to the scriptures this morning, and I'm reading to you from the book to the Ephesians, and we read from chapter 4, just a couple of verses from verse 11 to 16. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. His purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ. Until we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son, God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, be speaking the truth with love. Let's grow in every way into Christ. Who is the head? The whole body grows from him as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one does their part. Thanks be to God for his word. John Wesley had a very specific fear, and this is what he said. My fear is not that our great movement, known as the Methodists, will eventually cease to exist one day or die from the earth. My fear is that our people will become content to live without fire, the power, the excitement, the supernatural element 
that makes us great. John Wesley was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. He was talking about what it means to, to be a people that doesn't lean on our own understanding, but on the power of God's Spirit. I think that many people have shared with me what a special month the month of October is in the life of this church. It's because we experience phenomenal community. People get together. I, I spoke to Lisa just before the service began and she delivered the flood buckets. 25 flood buckets were sent from 20. So 25 from this church, 28 all in all. So that is quite incredible. There is phenomenal moments where we see the entire community come together out on the pumpkin patch. Such an incredible mission to get out there. I want to tell you something, a pumpkin is not light. I really discovered, you know, and it was, it's quite incredible watching young people and older people work together, but a real sense of community, an idea of connection, of being together. Uh, I spoke to Lucy yesterday, I think it was on Thursday, and she was telling me that nourishing lives are feeding their 50 extra meals per week. Isn't that a phenomenal? Just in the last couple of weeks. So there really is a sense of this congregation coming together and celebrating a deep sense of what it means to be in community, to care, to love, to show compassion for one another. Ultimately, during this month of stewardship, we gather together to hold accountable our gifts of time, talents, and treasure. The way we touch the world as Christians really matter. And John Wesley understood that as, as a son of a clergyman, as someone who preached the gospel of Jesus, he knew that the church really is the hope of the world. The church is the gathered people of Christ that come, allow their lives to be transformed and make a difference wherever they are. So today we speak about how is it that we care and what is it that we care about? When Jesus gathered his disciples, he gave a very clear instruction to them. He said, go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he sets upon you and I exactly the same commission, that we are called to go into all the world, touching the world with the power of God's love, with the presence of God's spirit, and with the conviction of a God that loves you and I. And so he entrusts the church, the living presence to us. We know the scriptures remind us that the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. And it is God who builds the church. And we are on this journey to steward the communities that God calls us to. But we must never be content unless there is a burning fire within us. And that burning fire within us is the presence of God's Holy Spirit. It is the very thing that, that sets alight the church. And we know from the moment of Pentecost how power came on the disciples of Jesus. And they went out and they spread the word of God. And they literally changed the world. 
a message of the gospel that seems foolish to so many people, a symbol of the cross that really was a symbol of catastrophic pain and execution becomes a symbol for you and I of God's love and presence. Every, every time we come to worship, there are two things that I have seen so deeply present in the life of the Methodist, the United Methodist Church, and that is the cross and the flame. And there is a reason that there is a flame connected with the cross. It is the power of God's Spirit. And so how is it that we take this, this gift of God's presence, the gift of God's spirit, the, the, the cross that we are given into our everyday lives? And I'd like to speak to that today. And so the first thing that I want to speak about is using this particular passage, which is a phenomenal passage that, that gives us a picture that God equips the church. Many people that know this passage know that this passage speaks about a five-fold ministry. And so what I'm wanting to speak about today is how it is that God calls us to care and transform the world around us with everyone that is in the room. So the first thing I want to say today is that part of how we care for one another is that we celebrate everyone. How do we celebrate everyone? Well, the, the scripture makes it very clear that when we gather as the church, and, and as we know, the church is not the building. The church is the people of God who gather and are part of that community for any given time. We all fit together. We're like a massive puzzle that fits together. And so how is it that we can celebrate everyone around us? I don't know if you've ever heard it said about this church or maybe another church that you've been part of, is that a church is very clicky. Has anyone ever heard that? Okay, so there is the in crowd and the out crowd. Have you ever heard that? Like, are you in the inside loop or are you on the outside loop? I don't know. Maybe I want to see from a show of hands who thinks that they're on the inside loop and who knows for sure that they are on the outside loop today. I mean, you know, we know that. We know that, that churches are not simple. They are complex places where the people of God gather. Okay, um, we sometimes can slip into church and we are, might be greeted or we might not be greeted. And, and we, you know, it's kind of like this, this very interesting space. But, but ultimately, when it boils down to what is a church, if we are to believe what the gospel of Jesus Christ and what the teachings of the scriptures show us, is that every single solitary person matters because we all fit together. And it's like this body. I mean, some of the times that Paul explains it like a body, and, and our body has different parts and different function. But ultimately, we are all called to celebrate everyone. I had some, some fun moments last night at the trick-or-treat because somehow I landed up with middle schoolers, okay? And middle schoolers can be quite scary, actually, <laughs> And these were middle schoolers that were moving all the chairs. We have a long rack of, of I don't even know what you call it, but it, it must put about 100 chairs on it, okay, at least. And the middle schoolers and me, who has never seen this thing in my life, decided that we are going to move these chairs. 
We nearly drove into a massive car. We definitely drove into a ditch a few times. We then drove over this young man's crocs because they got stuck and then they got hooked in and, you know. And then, of course, we arrived in the cupboard where the chairs go, but there was a percussion set that we needed to get rid of. But that was far more interesting than any chairs, okay? So then the, the middle schooler that I was with started playing the percussion, and I was trying to get him back because I needed help to get the chairs in. Anyway, it, 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 it was a mission. And while that all happened, I lost half of the crew because they decided it would be much more fun to run around the church, to run up these stairs, to stomp on this middle part because it makes a wonderful noise and then to come down. Those are the moments where church matters. It actually matters how middle schoolers are allowed to behave in the church. It really does. On, on Friday night, the reason why we're a little bit skew on the chairs um, is quite frankly, Mary Kate had phenomenal activities going on here. I mean, there was, there, was, there was sack races, there was pumpkin painting, there was just a phenomenal display of how do we celebrate everyone. We had amazing costumes and people dressed up, and, and yesterday was incredible, just seeing people gather, some people from our church, some people nowhere, and yet people came to be celebrated. The Christian church really celebrates everyone. That's really what makes us different. We celebrate everyone. We celebrate those that are in the church and those that are outside of the church. It's the one organization that exists for people that are not inside the church. It's really the one, you know, normally you have to pay subscription fees to belong. You do not have to pay subscription fees to belong to any church. A tithe is not a subscription fee. Our giving is not a subscription fee. It's the one organization that is impressed upon the presence of Christ to really celebrate everyone, every single person. But part of this celebration means that we have to discover one another's gifts together. The scriptures remind us that there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It doesn't differentiate between priests and the clergy and lay people. It actually says all of us are a combination. And so when it speaks about apostles, it says that amongst us are people that are torchbearers, people that can see, and we read it in our call to worship today, people that can see a new way for a new future, that are prepared to go along pathways that have never been gone on before, that will take the church to places that might feel scary, but will discover new possibilities for what the church is in the future. There are people that are unafraid to start new ministries. And then there are prophets. There are those that speak from an ancient wisdom that come showing us the way of the Lord, discerning in their souls with a deep presence of love. And then there are evangelists that are so excited about spreading the gospel of Jesus that they share what it means to be Christians from the very essence of their being, that you cannot be in the presence of someone that is an evangelist and not be 
overawed by what it is that they bring in the presence of Christ. And then it is the pastors that love us and hold us and, and make us feel comforted and are there for us to, to bind up the wounds where our, our physical bodies and our souls and our spirits are aching. And then there are the teachers, ones that instruct us in the way and form us. And so somehow God has, has gathered in our community a combination of people with these incredible gifts amongst us. And our work as the collective body of Christ is to discover who amongst us are the apostles, who amongst us are the prophets, who are our teachers, who are our pastors, who are our evangelists, who amongst us is the, this fivefold ministry, and, and can I give you a big heads up? Your ordained ministers or your lay ministers are not the fivefold ministry. It's really the collective body of Christ that make up the fivefold ministry. And so today I want to say that as we come to care for one another, we care for each other when we celebrate one another. So. <clears throat> I'm not speaking about a celebration that is without complexity. Because it would be quite ludicrous for us to think that it's easy to celebrate. And celebration means that at every given time, we will always agree with one another. Do you know that the truth is, the church is one place where you can be sure to find someone you disagree with. <laughs> Let me see from my hands up, who's been to church and has disagreed with someone? We're in good company. I think I've spoken about this before, but my, my tiny knowledge of, musics and, of music and melody and instruments is that you need tension, especially in a guitar, I think, but you need tension so that you can actually have a correct sounding guitar. I've seen the strings of a guitar break and suddenly the melody of that guitar is gone. So for music to be exquisite, there must be tension. To imagine that we're coming to church and that we will not confront tension is ludicrous. We will always confront tension in a church. But tension does not have to be discord. Can I say that again? Tension doesn't have to be discord. You don't have to agree with everything everybody says around you. In fact, the chances are that we're not. But tension is good. Discord is destructive. Discord are those conversations that we have that move tension to destruction. So tension is okay. There are places within the United Methodist Church right now where there is major tension. We have to pray that it doesn't lead to discord. One of the things we get to celebrate when we celebrate everyone is diversity. Are, are the moments where we can celebrate the difference. And this is one particular church where we really do have incredible diversity. And we can celebrate the gift of diversity. It adds to the flavor. It adds to the giftedness that we are to one another. So we have to make sure that we struggle against discord, but we live in harmony with tension. 
that really celebrates, if we truly celebrate one another, our tensions will be overcome with a spirit of grace. The very first thing that the early church suffered really were moments of tension, particularly in the debate around how they would deal with, with orphans and widows, most particularly. But they found a way to construct their future from a place of love. And so we are called today to celebrate everyone. I remind you of that, that it is, it is our gift to one another. The people that are in the room we celebrate and the people that are not in the room we celebrate. Now, what else does the scripture tell us? The scripture goes on to speak about the choices that we make, and, and it goes on to speak about how the church is being formed, and the reason we are given this five-fold ministry, this place of incredible diversity, is that we are called for a very particular goal. There are not many times when the scripture says, and the goal is... So the reason we have this great diversity, these incredible gifts amongst us, we have a very clear goal from Scripture. And the goal is that we will mature as Christians. Now, when you get to a certain age, you kind of almost think, but of course I'm mature. You know, I mean, isn't that, you know, I don't know when real adulthood happens. I definitely know that as a mother... When they say the full frontal lobe develops and there are many clever people around us, is it 24, is it 25, is it 65? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I know that, you know, every time my teenagers did something silly or my young adult children did something really silly, they said, don't worry, they don't have full frontal lobe development yet. <laughs> and eventually when they had full frontal lobe development, I said, and now What? <laughs> But you know, there is a sense that we have to be responsible for our maturity. And that's one thing we don't often talk about in the church. Maturity has literally nothing to do with age. Nothing. We cannot assume but that age brings us maturity as Christians. Let's have a look what the Bible says. The Bible says that, that the reason God gives us a five-fold ministry the reason God gives us this gifting amongst us, the reason God calls us to, to actually hold everything together, to fit in with one another, is in fact so that we will become mature as people, as Christians, as the church. And sometimes that's really difficult. God's goal for you and for me and for New Horizon and for all the church is that when people discover us, that there will be a measure of the fullness of Christ in us. And what does the fullness of Christ look like? What does the fullness of Christ feel like? You know, you know when do we know that we have reached maturity and that we're not tossed around by the very teachings that we think that are important for one moment and then they are not for the next? We are called to be mature, to grow up in Christ. One of the things that we have done in the church is that there are times where we have shamed each other. We have shamed each other in all sorts of places. We've shamed each other in our sin. We've shamed each other in, in relationships. We've shamed each other in not being, um, not, not having the standard. 
And that has actually created a real place of brokenness. We're actually called not to be a shaming place for one another, but a place of deep love for each other, a love that ripens with a deep sense of grace and tolerance for the ambiguities that, ambiguities that we find around us. But ultimately, we are called to be mature Christians. If you've been reading with us or listening on Facebook um, the, the journey of, of our prayer time, you would have seen us speak quite a lot in this last week about the power of God's Spirit. You and I are called to be fully grown. Now, whenever I see growth, and particularly from a seed, the one thing that you discover that a seed, in order for it to grow, has to die. It has to die in order for it to grow. If you think about the analogy of Jesus' life, it was only until Christ died that the church was born. So sometimes part of our growth journey, part of our discipleship journey, is constantly facing the things that we need to learn to die to so that the Spirit of God can bring about a new conviction and new healing so that we will give birth to new life. As Christians, we are really on a journey of a complex maturing. As the Methodist Church here, we, we are a people that are about transforming discipleship. And so I wonder sometimes, when I ran around with those middle schoolers last night, what was more mature, that their absolute freedom in our space of worship or, or the other things that we do. We are called to be fully present with Christ in our lives. And so that's really the invitation to you and to me. How is it that Christ can dwell in you in a deeper fullness this week. I know that the temptation is to give you like a three-point plan. If you do A, B, and C, then the fullness of Christ will burst forth in your life. But the real truth is you and I have to discover for ourselves what matures our faith. Where are you right now with God that really you're being invited at whatever age you might be to mature your faith, to allow the fullness of Christ to dwell more deeply in you. I want to conclude today's sermon by, by focusing just briefly on what it means to care. The analogy care means many things. And I know that ever, ever since I stepped foot in this church, the one reality that is deeply present is this is a caring church. It is a church of incredible mission. It is a church that believes that it makes a difference in the community. If we take the word care, perhaps the simplest acronym we can use is Christians actively reaching everyone. How is it that we can be Christians actively reaching everyone in our communities? 
whether it is when we're sharing the gospel, whether it is when we're packing our bags at Publix, whether we meet someone out at a party, but how is it that we can be Christians actively reaching everyone? We are in the world, but we are not of this world. We are called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, to allow the teachings of Christ to dwell deeply within us. So our journey over the last couple of weeks during our stewardship month has been about holding our giftedness together. Last week we invited you, and I'm going to finish now, because last week I invited you to go around the room and to sign up for different ministries. And I'm going to invite you to do that again today. And, and I'm so, one of, people were telling me the, the ministries that people signed up for, and people have been sending me emails, and, and it's phenomenal that the giftedness gets to be shared again and again. So please take five minutes and just walk around the room and sign up for a ministry. Begin a ministry. If you haven't started a ministry, there are new ministries and there are ministries we haven't even thought of, but you might be the very apostle of that ministry. So, so let's, let's share our giftedness together. From next week, you've been invited to, to offer your pledges. Because part of our gifting with one another is not just sharing our time but, and our talents, but also our treasure, the money that we bring. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be bringing our commitment cards that, that help us discern how it is that we support financially the ministry that God is calling us to here as this community. Because if we're to believe anything from this passage... We're to believe that God is the God that provides, that God is the one that brings provision to the vision that God instills in the people that God has gathered. For 41 years, God has been faithful to our community and is calling us to be a community that reaches everyone actively with the presence of Christ. Let us pray together. Oh God, we realize so often we have not been the Christians that have been able to literally transform the world around us. But we are the hope of the world. You keep calling the church the hope of the world. You keep sending us out into all the world to establish community through the power of your spirit and the presence of your son. For you loved us so much that you gave us your son. And so God, we just want to honor the incredible gifts of one another in the room. Today we celebrate the apostles that are amongst us. We celebrate and honor the teachers we thank you, Lord God, for the prophets. We're excited about the evangelists. We thank you, God, that you knit us together as a body. And we pray, Lord God, that we would have a greater wisdom to celebrate the giftedness of one another. Open our eyes 
May we truly see the gift of your presence in each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, let's continue in worship as we stand together.
And so now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen.